Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What are auras? Can they really be read? If so, can they actually tell you about a person's health, state of mind, or something else? Welcome to the 465th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And if those questions led you to believe that we'll be talking about auras this evening, then you're absolutely correct. Well, our guest this evening is Susan Shepard, one of the most sensible psychic mediums we know. She's also a paranormal researcher, the author of four books and many articles of media personality, and is the creator of the haunted Parkersburg, that's in West Virginia, Ghost Tours. We first met Susan ten years ago, if that's possible, when she invited me to speak at the haunted West Virginia Ghost and Paranormal Conference in the lovely town of Parkersburg in the Ohio Valley in the heart of Mothman country. Ben was 11 and we've been friends ever since. Susan has also cajoled yes, me. Me and Dad have been friends ever since. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Watch your sentence structure. <laughs> Susan also cajoled me into leading a ghost hunt at that time, something I had never done before, but it turned out to be pretty interesting. Anyway, contact her at shepherd at wirefire.com. Shepherd is S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. That's real tricky. Okay. Indeed, it is. So, Susan Shepard, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy to be back. It's it's nice talking with you again. Uh, it's been too long. long time. It's been too long. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's uh let, let's let's get right into um the questions for this evening. So, is an aura the same as a bioelectric field that uh, surrounds all living things, or is it something different? Well, we don't really know. We don't know precisely what an aura is. What creates an aura? Uh, it seems to be an energy that radiates from living cells and acts as a layer from a protective energy field. Um, you know, people have been aware of auras for, you know, thousands of years. Um, probably the most common representation of an aura would be in halos, uh, you know, uh, where artists back in the medieval times and the Renaissance would put uh, halos over saints and religious figures. And uh, it was it was believed that uh, artists some artists could have a sensitivity to see those, and uh, those halos represented a holiness or a pure purity, uh, spiritual or some kind of an radiant energy. Uh, so they think the aura is kind of a luminous energy body that is, of course, not part of the physical body, but a different type of body. Uh, some of it call it a bioplasmic body. Uh, so there's different things. I mean, uh, from other uh, root, uh, you know philosophies, uh, they might call it the pranic field or chi, you know, such as um, the Japanese form of Reiki. But it's it's basically uh, pretty much an energy body, a spirit body, probably an electrical body that uh, we are all able to see at certain times. Alrighty, so. Uh is it through this field that people can read each other? Or in other words, uh, if my aura is close enough to touch someone else's, can I read their feelings and intentions? Well, you know, I'll tell you. Um, looking at it as an energy field, um, you know, a lot of the books say that it extends about two to three feet outside of the body, uh, the human body. 
I personally believe that it extends much further than that, and I can tell you later why I think that is. But, yeah, I mean, it could be a reading or an exchange. I mean, uh, we carry things in our aura. Uh, some people can create, like, attachments. For instance, um, if you would go on a ghost hunt, for instance, you might pick up some kind of a spirit attachment and carry that in your aura. And, um, you know, an, a psychic would be able to see that. Not always just a psychic, though, because we, we've had classes uh, here in Parkersburg where we can teach everybody to see an aura. Um, not everyone can see the colors in the aura, but most people can see the, the glow from the aura. And uh, live, all living things have an aura, uh, and even inanimate objects have an aura. Uh, but the aura on the inanimate objects is much, much smaller. It might be like two, two inches, and it's usually a kind of a dingy, <clears throat> excuse me, dingy like brown color. Um, so, you know, I mean, as with everything in the paranormal, it's unexplained. <laughs> That's why it's paranormal. <laughs> well, we always say, that, in our personal opinion, the paranormal is easy to explain. It's the explanations <clears throat> that are difficult to grasp. Well, you, you sort of answered <clears throat> the next question, Susan, um, with some people say they can see auras, but you mentioned that you teach classes on how to see auras. So how do you teach someone to do that? Well, you know, I'll tell you. If you're just a regular person, uh, it's a little hard to explain, but... Um, you know, I think as children lying in bed at night, looking out into the dark, you can see these different um, shapes of green and, and purple and blue and things like that. I don't know if you remember that. Maybe I only saw that. Uh, the best no, I know, place you're, I know what you're aura, talking about. Pardon me? No, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of what they look like. Um, you know, uh, the best place to see an aura, I think, is in a theater before they turn, you know, before the movie comes on, when they turn the lights down, uh, you can actually see the colors and the lights around people's heads. Uh, and it's really very interesting to watch because the auras uh, will basically, they will, will, they will surge, they will change, they will kind of surge into each other, and they are always moving. It's not a solid thing at all. So if you want to try seeing auras, that's the best place to start. Hmm. Uh, usually with our students here in some of our uh, psychic classes, uh, we turn off the lights. Usually it's best to have like either a, 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 a solid, <clears throat> excuse me, solid color. Usually white I think is best. But I think in front of a blackboard, you could probably do it in front of a blackboard as well. And you kind of shift your focus. Uh, usually when we're doing the aura reading, almost everyone can see the glowing light. Um, not everyone sees the colors. Uh, males tend to not see auras as well as females do. Uh, and usually when they can't see the color, I'll tell them to, you know, to c- close their eyes and try to visualize the color. Uh, and then a lot of times they can, they can sense it in that kind of a way. Hmm. All right, I'll tell you my interpretation, Susan. I don't know a lot about this, but I, I do right. tend to see them. Um, I, I, it just shook me up one time when I was uh, in a, looking at somebody who was sitting against a, I guess it was a beige wall, light-colored wall, and I could see right. a, a really a black aura. And uh, mm-hmm. the person like tran- died or translated, as we say, the following week, and they weren't he even died. sick. died. Yeah. And, that's uh, usually, yeah, that, that's what, you know, I've never seen that I can remember a black aura, but that's what again. I've read. Yeah, or exactly. No, or no aura. 
So it will be either a black or or no aura, and the well, person is about you know ready to die. Oh right. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, it, that happened to me then. I hope it doesn't happen again. But in any case, what, what I how I interpret and you know me, Susan. I kind of have to try and try and explain things. I think what we're dealing with here is everything is electrical, and uh, I'm a big one on there really not being people not being islands unto themselves. I don't think that our no. minds no. or our souls are even inside us in in, in a totally individualistic sense, and I think. The, the, this aura is, seems to be an electrical phenomenon. There is a DC, a direct current electrical field around every living thing and probably everything, period. Right. Um, how it's generated, I'd like you to speculate, I don't know, but whatever you it know, is, it does I mean, seem it, to connect it, us. Mean, you know, it could be the spirit. That might be, you know, that well, might well, be what, what is? What, what do you mean spirit? What is that? It's the life force. It would have okay. to be, the, you know, the life force. Uh, Anonymous, as you say in Latin. Yeah. Right. Now, whether, you know, you, you wonder after a person dies, uh, you know, whether that, you know, it remains. Um, and that's part of what the spirit is. Um, but, so, um, same kind of critter. Or it could be, you know, or it could be the, the cells in the body that are, are actually, um, you know, uh, are like an electrical charge, so I, I don't have answers to that. Well, um, yeah, that is a theory. Well, no one really does. That is a theory, though, that, uh, Ben, what is it, the, the mitochondria, is it, that, that created electrical charge? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, oh, crap. I can't remember you my neurology. biology more than I did. No, it was, we talked a lot about neurology in one of my psych classes, and yeah. it right. wasn't because of that. There was some reason why. I don't remember what right. it is, though. I can't, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay, thank you. We'll, 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 yeah, uh, um, Take right, and, and I, you know, I have reason to believe, um, I had a phenomenon on the ghost tour for a number of years, and I don't know if you've heard about this, or you've ever discussed this, um, but have you heard of, of people walking under street lights and them going out? And, and, heard and that phenomenon. going out in the sense of sort of yes. disappearing from sight. No, 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 turning off. <laughs> turning off. off. You know, you walk under a light, light bulb turns off. Oh, the ball! Talking about the person turns. All right, yeah, the person just turns off. More black auras. No, it. uh, Oh yes, that happens to me all the time. Me too. And uh, basically, what that is, um, it has gotten to the point. You know, early on in the ghost tour, I thought they were emotion sensitive lights, and I thought, no, they're supposed to come on. They're not supposed to go out. Yeah. So, and then the the things would keep going out. We have like six and eight of them going out a a night. Uh, a street light. I thought I must be Dracula. <laughs> you know, well, around here, I know around, they probably can't afford to pay know? for the lights. So that's I mean, why they it gave go me off. a little bit of a complex. Yeah. What it is is the street light is interpreting psychic energy as sunlight. So when the psychic person or the psychic energy, and it will build. You know, as the ghost tour builds, it gets worse and worse. You know, and it even got to the point where a lot of times hilarious because it will even if I point at something a street light will go out two blocks away <laughs> that is how far that energy field will reach uh, I had one night I was really bad I had I had <laughs> we had the one place where Houdini the one theater where Houdini once played and and uh, I, I it, this was a private ghost tour, and I, I it was terrible. I had this little boy uh, convinced that Houdini was walking around, <laughs> making the street lights go out. Oh dear! And uh, you know they, they just went out, you know, all evening. And he, the little boy, finally said to his mother, 
hey, I'm really starting to believe in this stuff right now. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, this has been witnessed by, you know, hundreds of people. So so I think it's the electrical body. um, And I think people, some people have more psychic energy than other people. Um, And I don't know why, what the explanation of that is. I also know that I tend to shock people when I touch them a lot, you know. Yes. Uh, And my mother was one of those kind of people that, Watches wouldn't run all, you know, watches wouldn't run. They wouldn't run for very long. That's me. So it, it could be even some hereditary thing. I think it's probably, it probably comes from the brain. So we go into the brain and we think about what is the brain and then we think of the mind. And the mind is something different than the brain. That's right. So, um, if any of that makes sense. <laughs> oh no, it does, it does. But this whole electrical thing is, is bizarre because I cannot wear any jewelry. I can't wear a watch. I can't right. even wear my wedding band because it's just, I get rashes and strange things happen. So it's very annoying. And um, I think that all this has to do with the electricity that is around us and in us and that I sub- ultimately holds the whole thing together, the multiverse together. What do you think of this? Because you just made me think of an incident that occurred. I was uh, on an investigation. This is, before, this is 1998, before Ben uh, was even... Uh, able to join me in these cases. I was approximately mm-hmm. six. Yes. Yeah, a little, little too young for this. So I was investigating a case uh, in New England here, and I was uh, I, I had gone into the house, and these things tend to, maybe they pick up my aura coming, is they, they just don't like me. They'll leave half the time. Right. And this particular entity was what we refer to as a parasite. You heard my lecture. Today, right. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh-huh. And there was nothing in the house, but I went out in the yard, which I always do. I always check the whole area. And I felt that electrical field, and mm-hmm. it's it's that's what I think these things generate, or at least they are, they either generated or it's generated by something that permits them to enter our world to some degree, and vice versa. And I walked down towards the center of this field, and I saw this entity, and mm-hmm. it was uh, and I've seen them often like this, and they look almost like they look ele- they, they look like plasma, which is really just. Electrified air molecules. Electrified air molecules. And this thing kind of went, whoa, and it took off, because, you know, they're more afraid of you than you are of them when you have their number. That's true, exactly. And uh, I tried to follow it, but, of course, I couldn't. Uh, where or when it went, I don't know, because it seemed to be coming back and forth across mm-hmm. several several worlds. I don't know. But uh, it's, again, all electrical. So right. would you say I was seeing its aura? Because I, I, I know these are physical beings most of the time, because I've had physical altercations with them. But in, well, as they manifest in our world, do you think that was uh, what might be equivalent to its aura that I was seeing? I would think so. It could be some type of an entity. It could be a person who's died. Um, well, this this was know, a parasite, I, mean, I believe, and I don't think it was par- human. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I, I, yeah, right. Yeah, um, so. It probably was. But, um, you know, those things are just kind of unexplained, and, and you have a special gift of seeing those. No, I don't know it's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't want that gift, but, um, yeah, and, uh, they, they'll, you know, they, they will tap in. If you're talking about an attachment, you know, they, they will attach just like a parasite. Uh, and it's, a, and it's an amazing thing because a lot of times when we were doing the classes and we were, you know, shutting off the lights and looking at different people's auras, a lot of the ghost hunters did have attachments where they had yeah. things on. And we, we had a woman there that does Reiki, and, and she got rid of them. I mean, she's great at it. Uh, and they hadn't noticed anything. But, you you know, you wonder 
if you get a headache or, or you know, you feel dizzy or you're not kind of feeling up to par, you're, you, you wonder if they're not, you know, attaching to that and kind of sucking off of you. Well, that's and, and the thing. They do. Did, did you remember? I'm thinking back to '03 and our, uh, when I was at the conference that you ran there. It was a wonderful experience. And uh, Ben's mom came, which is the only conference she's ever attended. We don't attend that many, but she came. And uh, the first thing she did was grab my arm, take me out of the hall, and say, "Some of these people brought things with them." Right. That's a quote. And when a picture was taken of me giving my, one of my talks, uh-huh. there were all sorts of weird electrical effects. Right. In the picture, right. so and and that happens to me a lot, and probably to you too. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have some you have some type of psychic ability on your own, whether you know uh, whether you 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 develop it, of course, as a researcher, and you develop it as a ghost hunter and a paranormal investigator. Another person might develop it in a, in a way that they could do readings for other people. You know, you read things. So, um, yeah, I, and definitely when, when people do have that kind of high magnetic types of energies, those things will latch on and they can appear much easier. And I know that, you know, a, a lot of the groups that they go on ghost hunts, you usually have better results if you have somebody that's got a little bit of, you know, psychic medium uh, abilities and they tend to, to get better pictures around me and, and, you know, pick up EVPs a little better around me and, and uh, I just sort of, I just sort of a conduit, really. Uh, that's what you are. I mean, uh, so I hope that answers that. <laughs> oh, sure. No, it's funny. I'm looking back to you know my early days, and gosh, you wouldn't be caught dead with a psychic in those days. But now, I guess they're kind of working with some of these groups, I suppose. Uh, well, so- you know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I think a lot of people think they're psychic and they really aren't. I mean, there are there are delusional people, uh, <laughs> of them. crazy people. Then there are there are fraudulent people. Yeah. Then there are psychics that may have had it as a young person, but then they they begin to look up look at it as something to make money or get famous on, yeah. and then it sort of goes away. I mean, you know, I could talk about some famous psychics in that way. I don't want to get sued, but. Um, and also, it's something really hard to keep up. Uh, being psychic is not like learning to play the piano or, you know, learning something and just sitting down and doing it. I mean, um, some, it's, it's with you at sometimes stronger than other times. Uh, a lot of times there'll be people that you can't read, situations you can't read, and then other people, it's kind of, bam, I was, uh, I have a friend in Denmark and, I was doing a reading for her, and she was wanting me to tell her about this certain person. And, and all of a sudden, I didn't really want to do a reading at all. Uh, and all of a sudden, I began to smell soap suds. And I thought, you know, so then I, you know, then I had the hook there. The, the person, you know, I smelled like an Irish spring like soap. And then, you know, I'm off and running. I can read the whole thing. So, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Is, it's very hard to label. It's, it's very hard to measure. And uh, uh, and then you have detractors that that aren't going to believe it no matter what. So, well, the thing is that, that it, it is well established in mainstream science that this electrical field exists. What you call it is up to you, I guess. And what it might do is, uh, I suppose, up for debate. But there's no question that it exists, which is, of course, what made me take it seriously. How do you? Re- and I assume that you do this in your own work. How do you read these auras if? If you do, you know, well, sure you I mean, 
to, to be honest with you, I, I think what I'm doing is I'm sensing them. Because I mean, I'm reading a woman in Denmark, so I can't see her aura. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I can see my own. I mean, sometimes. Well, I was going to ask you that too. Can you see your own? Oh yeah, I could see it in the mirror. I mean, I I I know exactly what color. I've seen it for years. I mean, some days uh, I I don't see it, and I, I'm not ever looking for it. But sometimes I'll look in a mirror and I'll see it. it's usually a a deep like turquoise color. Um, and then, of course, you you get with a lot of people that uh, study the aura, and you know, there's different meanings uh, to the colors. I'm, you know, I'm not sure that it's exact. Well, uh, the turquoise color uh, supposedly uh, is linked to the throat chakra, so that would be somebody who would speak or who would write, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, and then the different colors, you know, or you know, I'm not an expert in chakras, but. Uh, if the ore is a certain color, it would have a, you know, it would resonate with a certain chakra, uh, you know, on the body. Now, that's nothing proven. I mean, that's, that's a belief. Mm. Uh, if it would be violet, it would be something, you know, very highly spiritual, um, you know, uh, be inspiration, uh, and, you know, in the stomach area that would be yellow, and that would be sort of gut reactions to things. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's that part of it, too. In your initial remarks, you brought up something I, I had thought of, too, and, and that's the uh, the nimbus, as it's or halo, around right. in the art uh, of not just Christianity, but others as well. well even in some cave paintings, it has yeah. those. Uh-huh. Sometimes those are interpreted as what alien space helmets or something. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but you you're can right. interpret anything as anything, really. Yeah, you can. But well, you know, in iconography, certainly this is this is a um, something you see constantly, and it's it's amazing. It's funny. There's um, I think of the Orthodox icon of the um, Nativity of Christ, the birth of Christ. Right. Uh, everybody's got a halo except one person in that. You know, and it's got animals and everything else. And the animals don't have halos, but the most of, all the people do except one. And Saint Joseph, it's 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 interesting. Saint Joseph is sitting down below the stable with his head in his hands, mm-hmm. and this one without the nimbus, without the halo, is whispering in his ear. In this oh icon. yeah, the old man in the grass. The old man in the gr- yeah the grass. Uh, and wow. um, I asked about that one time, and they said that's the devil. Whispering to Saint Joseph, "How can a virgin have a child?" Oh yeah, I do remember. I remember being taught that in church school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. So uh, I said, "That's very interesting." So the devil is in an icon, but it didn't have a halo. Right. But there must have been an awareness in the ancient world, and we're always saying this that, that in the remote from the remote past, there were well, an- well, ancestors weren't stupid. I mean, we wouldn't be alive now if they were stupid. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, so these are things I think that we are rediscovering because our immediate ancestors lost all this to their intellectualizing and uh, many of these these new things are coming back and perhaps one of the most obvious uh, things are maybe auras because as you say a lot of people can see them mm-hmm. well, what say you? I think anybody can be taught to see them I, I really do uh, maybe you know like I said maybe not so much in the colors but they can see the energy field they can see the force field well, uh, and if they know, want to right and, you know, another, you know, you talk about a person on a stage, for instance, who's given a lecture if they're standing in front of a, a blank wall. You know, that's, a, that's another really easy place to see them. But, you know, it's funny you're talking about, uh, and this may not have anything to do with it, but, you know, Leonardo da Vinci was constantly getting in trouble because of that. Really? <laughs> he would, for, he, he would, for, he would re, refuse to paint auras, <laughs> and then they would send the paintings back. <laughs> he would be forced. 
I didn't he know would that. Be forced to pay. Yeah, he would refuse to paint auras, and uh, then the, the church was, you know, that's how he made his living with huh. religious paintings. But he was not, or he was not a religious man at all. So they would send it back, and he'd have to paint the auras, or he'd do a whole new painting. He'd do one painting without the auras, and the other painting with auras. No, he didn't mind so taking that money. That's kind of a funny thing. Well, anyway, we're going to take a commercial break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON, 1240 AM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley, and our wonderful guest, Susan Shepard, and our subject, Auras. We'll be right back. Lou Mandeville here to tell you the only place to get your local high school and college scores, as well as the Pats, Bruins, Celtics, and Sox is on my morning sports reports. And they are right here on ON 1240, Monday through Friday on the Morning Fun Show. Okay, and we wanted to tell you about a couple of the charities Ben and I have embraced recently. And you can find out all the charities that we uh, endorse, certainly on our websites, NewEnglandGhosts.com and BehindTheParanormal.com. But two in particular I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, USA Cares, uh, which is trying to get established on the East Coast. It's a wonderful charity that provides financial and advocacy assistance to post-9-11 active duty U.S. military personnel, veterans, and their families. And they provide financial assistance in the sense that if uh, somebody can't pay their mortgage that month, out goes a check. It's as simple as that. And uh, they're trying to start a chapter in Rhode Island here, and we'd like to help them with that. So please... Uh, drop me a line at paul at behindtheparanormal.com or call 401-527-5345 if you'd like to help out with that. We need six or seven people to, to do that and uh, see if we can't get that going. Also, for our Canadian listeners, Canadian Veterans Advocacy is a wonderful group started by Mike Blaze in Ontario, and he has done a tremendous job of building up a very aware kind of group for Canadian veterans as who, as you know, have been our... Uh, comrades in arms throughout the war on terror and have given many lives uh, in the Canadian military to, uh, to that, to that cause. And, um, CanadianVeteransAdvocacy.org. Check them out as well. Terrific group. And, uh, while, while we're at that, we wanted to express our, our, uh, sympathy and our prayers for the people in, uh, Lac Megante, Quebec, uh, because that, I, I used to know people there and it's it's a great one it's a wonderful town wonderful place to visit the lake is beautiful and this terrible oil train uh, accident was just uh, just awful yesterday and we wish uh, wish them a uh, quick recovery from that and we hope that uh, the missing people are found uh, unhurt so again our prayers for them so let's get back to our show and we uh, are very pleased to have with us uh, Susan Shepard an old friend of ours who was um, a lot of people say I'm not too happy with the old part, but anyway, <laughs> I'm getting there. But uh, wonderful uh, psychic, uh, psychic medium, and one of the few we trust, a paranormal investigator, a fine author, excellent books, which she'll have a chance to tell you about in a few minutes. And uh, we're talking about the subject of auras tonight, something that is uh, often considered pseudoscience, but as one who does not respect pseudoscience, I respect the aura thing, because it is well known that there are uh, electrical fields around our bodies, and that they uh, may or may not, they, they probably almost certainly interact with other people and that's how we know a lot of stuff and people in uh, um, Susan's field have uh, found out you know, how to use that for many years and uh, anyway that, that's what we're talking about this evening but before we go on and before we run out of time I wanted to ask Susan to tell us about her website, her books and her activities what she's working on and um, where you can find out more about her well I just made a movie I wrote well, a movie okay. we, uh, so did we. About that. <laughs> okay. uh, tell us about that Okay, I uh, readapted the old movie White Zombie. Uh, I wrote this a few years ago, actually for Scarlett. Scarlett, my daughter, is at Columbia College 
in Chicago. She's now an actress. She uh, oh, last time I saw her, she was like ten. Yeah, she's yeah. living in Chicago. So uh, what I did was I readapted the old movie, but I've added sixty percent new material. And we just wrapped that movie about a month ago. We we filmed it here in the area, and it is gorgeous. Well done. Uh, it is. It's not going to look like anything you have ever seen before. We have uh, Baron Samadhi, which is the guardian of cemeteries, and we have Mambos and, and uh, you know, real voodoo stuff that the mm. original movie didn't really have. Interesting. Uh, so it's going to be a fascinating thing, and it's going to come out in 2014. Um, Hannah Parkersburg website will be doing the ghost tours this fall and uh, just working on a lot of different things, but uh, just wrapped up a movie. Very good. Well, we'll look forward to, uh, to hearing more about that. Oh, uh, yeah, keep us uh, Keep us posted. Okay, so let's get back to our subject. Uh, uh, actually, t- tell us about your books, too, because they're, they're very interesting because there are four of them at the last I looked. Well, uh, I'm trying to finish a couple more. Um, Aren't we all? I have a, <laughs> a book on ghosts and spirits um, but, um, that I'm working on, but um, uh, Astrological Guide to Seduction and Romance, that is not my title. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the title the, the publisher gave. Uh, Cry of the Banshee, which is uh, tales of uh, West Virginia Mid- and Ohio Valley hauntings. Uh, we have the West Virginia Mothman in that. Uh, we also have a, um, a long uh, section on Indrid Cold, uh, which ties in with the West Virginia Mothman. I just did a show on the Travel Channel, uh, Mysteries at the Museum, cool. on the Indrid Cold tapes, which is, has to do with an alien being that visited Parkersburg back in 1966 plays a big part of the Mothman uh, Prophecies movie. Uh, so I was on the Travel Channel for that. Uh, it's got uh, you know paranormal, uh, men in black, ghosts, haunting spirits, you name it. <laughs> Pretty complete. So um, okay, and then I also have uh, my deck called the Phoenix Card. So I have a number of things. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, well we have um, uh, on the subject of auras here. We've been talking about uh, auras generated by people or whatever they may be, but there, there are also auras generated by uh, so-called inanimate objects. I don't think there are any such thing. I think it's all part of the biosphere. But how would they? Is there any speculation on how they would be generated? Say from a rock or? or uh, well, I suppose anything would have lived at one time. You know, with some living thing at one time. Um, but it, you know, if you you look at them, if you want to practice doing the aura, if you want to look at like an inanimate object, like uh, maybe a you know, uh, uh, um, I don't know, something plastic even. It will have an aura. It won't be very big. It'll be about maybe two inches. Uh, it will be like a brownish color, grayish color. Uh, and it will usually only be one solid color where most people's auras have a few co- different colors in them. And they will have bands of light and uh, dark places and light places. And they move, they, they move whereas in the inanimate object, they pretty well, you know, they're, they're pretty well stuck in one spot. So that's the huh. difference. But I'm not a scientist, so I can't explain that. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. But there is a, a certain current of thought that I, I personally happen to agree with, that the auras are not separated from one another. Literally, they are all part of the what is generated by the, the, by the biosphere, the entire community of living things or the entire community of things. And right. uh, that's how... We communicate. That, that's how we're able to explain many of the things, or try to explain, that, that occur in quantum mechanics. For example, uh, particles com- communicating with apparently communicating with one another across vast distances of space. Uh, when 
or being able to travel vast distances without traversing the space in between, things like that, perhaps right. explainable in some way by the same force that is behind auras, so I don't know. Right. Um, I think you're probably right, and, uh, you know, how, how solid are, are we in our bodies even? I mean that—that's a question too. Well, that—that's exactly um, right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I—I I think that's a good explanation, especially uh, people being open and sensitive to. Uh, and you're probably right too of the you know the psychic or the medium sensing the other people's aura and kind of reading the blueprint in that aura, even though they may not be able to you know uh, visually see it at certain times, like um, you know. Um, um, in the daylight or sitting across the table, you know, in a room where there's different objects, you couldn't see it as well. Um, but the explanation of reading people at a long distance, that would be something different. But Well, but, it, yeah. not, not if it's not if it's a unified system. You know, I think that, you know, that's the way it is with spirits coming back, too. I think that they, they you know, they're just right here whenever there's a memory. Oh, we're right Earth, there. You know, or both. They're there. It's, it's instant. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> there's no walking through walls or anything like that at all. Yeah, well, so, supposedly some people can do that, but in yeah, any case, the, the whole... <laughs> there are claims of that. If you were to... Um, well, suppose you had the experience I have. Now, now you, you can see auras. Right. Now, do you... Well, first, the preliminary question would be, do you see them routinely? In other words, you walk down the street in lovely Parkersburg and no, you see auras around no, people and you have to I'm try. No, sitting in the movie theater, I will see them very easily. Okay. I will sit there and I will sit there and I will watch people's auras interact. That must be very distracting. Them. Or if I'm watching a person on a stage or, you know, a minister uh, giving a sermon yeah. uh, where a person is kind of solidly in one spot you know, maybe there's there's nothing really behind them. You know what I mean? That there's yeah. no pattern or anything. If there's a pattern behind something, you're not likely going to see the aura. It's just too it's just too delicate to see. Um, you know, it's they're not <laughs> they're not like a solid thing. It's not like yeah. they don't look like the Virgin of Guadalupe, for instance. The I lights see, yeah. around or you're that's interesting because that. that that that's another thing. There's sort of there's a glow around mm-hmm. that particular rendition of Our Lady of Guadalupe and, and a number of other people too and I'm thinking particularly of of Hindu holy people who are depicted right. in religious art uh, you often see first first of all their 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 skin is blue right which is a symbol of immortality and uh, very often there's a glow around their whole body which I always found very interesting mm-hmm. there is a um, a famous ghost in Newport here in Rhode Island and I was doing a travel channel thing many years ago mm-hmm. and there was a question from the producer who uh, by the way was disgusted because I wasn't giving her campfire ghost stories I was giving her trying uh-huh. to give her as, sci- as much science as you can get and <clears throat> she said well why, why was this why is this ghost seen like glowing she died in a fire and everybody thinks well that's because she died in a fire she's on fire yeah. <laughs> right you know? But yeah, uh, by a car, you make car sounds everywhere you go. But very often, you you do see these th- <laughs> car sounds. You do see these things, uh, these these glows around many of these figures. And I said, well, my interpretation is just you're seeing them across the boundaries of a world, which is essentially electromagnetism uh, that, that hold the worlds together, and uh, it's plasma, so it's going to look like it's glowing. And then said, she kicked you off the set for not. Not exactly. <laughs> we, were, we were we were filming in a cemetery, and she just seemed disgusted that I was. Uh, well. I have a feeling they're a little bit more sophisticated now, you know, about these kinds of things, too. Um, yeah, that's a kind of a bad experience to have when you're <laughs> the yeah. person who's interviewing you is a skeptic and thinks you're lying or something. <laughs> Which <laughs> or is ironic because, it, you know. 
It's, it's, it's irony. A lot of irony well, all suppose, in the one. But my, my question is... You know, it kind of reminds uh, me of, um, you know, you, we're talking about this in a religious way. If you go into the Gnostic Gospels, um, when they talk about certain parts of Christ, you know, whether you believe in them or not, I don't know. But no, um, I find them very interesting. Some of the interesting things are they said uh, Christ could travel as an apparition. Sometimes he would show people to himself to people as a little child. Other times he would show himself to people as an old man. So... You know, it's a, it's also a projection kind of thing. You know, whatever. Well, at, at Nicaea in 325 A.D., when they they put the Bible together as we know it today, uh, first of all, uh, St. Paul's version of Christianity had long since taken over, and there were many other versions of it. But what they were concerned with, as I heard tell, was uh, making sure that that Christ was understood as fully God and fully man, you know, whatever that may mean. Right. And the physicality was very important, so they stressed, they put in Gospels and uh, that sort of thing that, that really stressed that, such as Thomas didn't believe, so here, put your hand on my side, I'm not a ghost, and all this sort of thing. Whereas the Gnostics were more, uh, I suppose, uh, spiritualistic, for lack of a better term, and so it was doctrinal was the reason, really. But there were many groups that accepted those gospels and every various points of view that, that they said. In fact, um, there right. are long studies of people like Origen and you know the Lactantius who you know, you're going to get me going on church history here. I'll never stop. But in any right. case, yeah, there, there are reasons why that was in there. But what I wanted to ask you, Susan, was uh, as one who can read auras and w- what exactly is it you're reading? Is it the state of health? Is it the state of spirituality? State of well, mind? Well, you know the the state of the state of health is truly one of the main things people will read in an aura. Uh, there are some colors, for instance, that uh, that will be in the aura uh, that will indicate health problems. Um, you rarely see a red aura. I, I've never really, can't remember ever seeing a really red type aura. I've seen a few of those. Uh, the red aura, you know, can mean anger, but it can also mean, uh, you know, chronic pain, huh. uh, you know, a gray drab aura would be a poor state of health um you Look, know anything you know, else the black aura that you're talking about so yeah i mean and you can see uh cracks in the aura and, and like fissures and where the energy is kind of like spilling out uh, for instance if a person has um uh spots and cracks and uh, holes in the aura uh, a lot of times they will be very fatigued very drained their their energy is very loose so the health thing is a big thing with auras. Hmm. The second thing would be, and I, but I don't know if it, this part is true. <laughs> so they will, you know, another way to read the auras is you interpret the person's talents and abilities, and by the color of the aura. I will tell you that mine is absolutely accurate. I was just looking at it right here. Hmm. Uh, I had the colors right here. Turquoise, uh, and here's a, a relate to a sensitive, compassionate healer, therapist, you know. <laughs> so, it, you know, it does sort of relate to me. But uh, so the different auras, a uh, green aura would relate to like a, 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 a more of a, a down-to-earth kind of person, a healer. Uh, and then that relates to the heart and lungs. But, you know, I, there's no proof of this. Uh, so I hesitate to say, well, you know, it definitely means this or that, you know, uh, whether yeah. it's yellow and has to do with the kidneys. But, but that, you know, that's another way that they will read them as interpreting the way the, the, the healthiness of the aura, uh, the clear, you know, the clarity, 
the pureness of the color, the colors, whether they have cracks or holes, and that sort of thing. What if you had been, I know this is strictly theoretical, what if you had been in my position seeing that black aura? Or suppose you see one that is not so good. Do, how do you? How do, should people react when they see that? Should they tell the person? The or? I mean, honestly, sometimes you know these things, and uh, there's not really a whole lot you can do about them. So the only thing I would suggest is just say a little prayer and hope for the best. It's okay. all you can do. Well, well, what if someone has asked you to read theirs? And, wow. You know, and <laughs> well, let me put it to you this way: I've never read a person with a black. Or, uh, well, that's I good. don't think that I've read anyone who uh, that I can remember remember that uh, you know passed away suddenly. Uh, I've read, read older people and you know, people that have passed on, but usually you know it's a few years later. So uh, you know you just you know if you're reading somebody, you're sensing either you're sensing ill health or maybe you're sensing a tragedy. You know, you, you let them know in a very gentle kind of way, you know, to get this checked out or that checked out, and then you just hope for the best. Can you see auras around animals? Oh, of course. Yeah, there's auras around animals. Okay. Uh, are, well, are there, are there like differences? Uh, they're, they're very similar to people. Okay. Uh, they're not quite as, you know, they, they don't reach out quite as far, but, yeah, they're, they're, sens- they're you know, they're very similar, similar to uh, the auras on human beings. Okay. How often do you do this? How often do I do aura reading? Usually when I'm teaching class. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, don't the theater, rely, yeah. Let's, I don't rely upon it uh, for psychic reading. Uh, if, if I was doing a, a, a ghost hunt, you know, in a darkened building like an old asylum or a hospital, you know, I would be able to see, you know, this, these plasma-like shapes and, you know, yeah. And yeah, I would follow too. up on that. Yeah. If I looked into a room and I saw a lot of those plasma-like things kind of surging around, that would be definitely be a room I would want to take pictures in or, you know, or do some recordings in. Is that what comes out in photographs? No, I've never seen... Not usually. Because uh, uh, I often get plasmic you know effects. See, you know, what you see and and what comes out in photographs is very different, Yeah, I've, I've found. Huh. Um, no, I, I found that sometimes, but not other times. I mean, there were things that we... Well, usually when I... You know, I've never... You know, some of the apparitions that I've seen in my life have looked absolutely solid and real. And I've yet to get something like that in a photograph. Well, the thing I described uh, earlier as, you know, walking down into the middle of that electrical field and seeing this mm-hmm. thing with arms and stuff and running away, uh, I later got it in, on, in a picture. It was the same wow. thing. Because my impression was there were two parasites operating here what one was dominating the other which is something you see frequently at least in my opinion in my experience and that's and, a shame um, too because you wonder how many people have illnesses and mental problems and things that they're you know that that's that's something that's going on yeah well that's what murray silver brought up that uh um that these entities attached to them were causing them all these horrible ailments and like strange cravings and things like that. Well, to be honest with you, I you know I I when I was younger I used to have lots of headaches and and chronic fatigue syndrome that sort of thing. Hmm. And I I think being psychic was a part of that and, and attachment. We I went we went so. into the the chronic fatigue syndrome thing. I ran into that early on in parasite cases. Something was sucking the life out of them. Right. Yeah. Out of the thing, and yeah, that's how. I'm much stronger now though. Oh, that's good. Well, you live and learn. Uh, ben, let me ask you this. You, you um, have some experience with the shaman-type stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. What uh, 
Do auras enter into their work at all? Not, I don't know. <laughs> I really I don't know. You just do it. You don't think about it. No, I don't I think about it you, at all. I need to tell you before we, we... I need to ask you about something. Please. I got a picture, um, and this doesn't have to do with auras, but I'm going to ask you anyway, of a, a family picnic that went on into the evening. And uh, some pictures were taken of some girls, teenage girls. There are two figures, and I'll send it to you. Uh, one of them, one of them looks like the devil. Okay. Well, what does the devil it look looks like? Like the devil. Well, you know that's. But the devil's not described. It's red. It's naked. It looks like it has horns. You can see the. You can see the chest. You can see the legs. Everything. And I'm wondering, what is that? The it, Manson it, it, family on devil, vacation. Because <laughs> the devil's not described in the Bible. So no, what is no. That? What would you? What would you? How would you? Uh, uh, well, see, you the, the, this, I have a not. You know, I I have a theory, but you go ahead. Okay. Well, just briefly, I, I think that very often we these could be legitimate entities, but sometimes I think that. All right. Certain, let's, ask, let's ask the basic questions here. How do we know it's not photoshopped? Oh, oh that, no, well, that, that goes without saying. You know, yours. No, no, these little girls, no. You're going to have to see this. These well, we'll, girls we'll check that out. Yeah, they're scared, and it was just real recent. All right. And, and they were teens. Well, well, I look forward to seeing that. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to send it to you. It, it, it's just this. I, I thought, they said they had an uncle that had committed suicide in April, and they wanted to know if that might be him. They thought maybe it kind of looked like him, but they, they sent me the picture, and it didn't. Um, it, I thought it was something... Uh, some type of a shapeshifter that was just maybe trying to scare them. Um, well, anything is possible. You know, one thing I've learned, and I've, you and I have talked about this before, Susan, is that nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. Yeah. No. You know, we see it from our own very limited perspective and out of our very uh, inadequate framework, and we assume that what we're seeing matches that framework, and it doesn't. It could be something way beyond our understanding and experience, and usually is. I think that there can be situations where we can project our own stereotypes onto entities and they will respond very much like, like certain mimics in nature will do because it's all right. part of nature. So what's your opinion on it? Well, I do think it's something mimicking. And, I, I you know, that, that's pretty much what I thought. And I thought it was done to maybe frighten these girls. When I first looked at it, it looked like when you take a picture and, it, and somebody kind of steps back and it's blurred. That was what I originally thought until I looked at it closer, and okay. I kind of, you know, uh, compared it to the girls that were, you know, standing beside of it by the picnic table, and it wasn't a repeat of shapes or anything. You okay. know, I've seen it before where, for instance, a person can, an image can be blurred, and it's actually the person has moved, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. this was not. No, right. it wasn't. I'll send it to you. It, I, I, I. I just told them it was an amazing, you know, paranormal picture and, and sent it off to some website. And it isn't likely ever going to happen again. And it probably isn't anything that is, wants to hurt them in any way. But if they, you know, if they're scared or something happens, you know, to contact me. But it just seems like one of those one-in-a-lifetime kind of pictures. Okay. Well, we'll, just, we'll look forward to seeing that. I was just thinking that. Once-in-a-lifetime kind of picture. It, you know, it does. Yeah. All right. What if this? I don't know. This this might be our final question. We'll have time for. But suppose people have been taught, or you've taught them, or they just know how to read their own auras, and they see an undesirable color. Okay, 
What can they do about that? Can, can you do anything to change it to make your state better? Well, you would find a Reiki healer could, could adjust that. Uh, we have a Reiki healer here in Parkersburg, and she's also part of Native, part Native American, so she adds that into it. So she's she's doing two different kinds of things. She's doing the Reiki, and then she's doing the, like the the shamanistic kind of uh, cleansing on the person, and it works. I mean, she gets rid of it right away. Huh. Uh, so if you if you had something. Uh, if you could see your own aura, if you saw something black or, or brown or, or gray or, you know, even dark red, anything that would, that would disturb you, uh, yeah, you would want to just find a Reiki healer or maybe a shaman. But I would look up a Reiki healer first. Um, Good, okay. Uh, well, I, I, with the greatest respect to that tradition, and it is an ancient Chinese tradition, I, um, I, there has to be some sort of, I would think, uh, inner transformation as well. Maybe that helps affect that. I don't know. But I think that... People just coming in and fixing it. I've, I've always found in my work is what they expect, and in our society, we you know we kind of have a McDonald's land approach. Yeah, and we want know, it might like be like anything. Like if it's something very chronic, you would yeah. have to do it over and over again. But if it was something that was was on you know easily healed or on its way to being healed, it probably won't come back. Okay. Uh, with a chronic condition, I don't know. That might be that might be an indication of somebody with a a chronic you know, psychological problem or a chronic, uh, you know, physical problem, uh, yeah. illness. You know, a Rosemary Guiley, you know, uh, our friend Rosemary, she, you know, she tells him about, you know, you've got those headaches, Susan, you know, you've got those headaches. That's what all the mediums have, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of a part of it. So uh, I'm going to have them off and on probably for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, there you go. But what, uh, could you just explain what Reiki is for those who don't know? Well, Reiki is based upon, uh, and I'm not a Reiki healer, but it, it's actually relatively recent. Uh, it's it's under 50 years old, I think. Yeah, R-E-I-K-I. And it was, uh, it was a, a type of psychic healing that was um, uh, developed by a Japanese man. I can't remember his name, but he uses different shamanistic techniques from China, from the Orient, having to do with pranic energy, chi energy, uh, and you know how they do it, I I can't tell you. Except they they pull the they pull it they pull the uh, um, what needs healed. They kind of pull it out of your body and release it. Is what they do. Yeah, I have heard marvelous things about it actually. But it's also kind of like laying on of the hands as well. Yeah. Well, these these things manifest in different ways in different cultures. But I think that the the underlying energies and principles and and such and such and realities are the same. And you don't really even have to be a real spiritual person to do the Reiki. This this woman, I tell you, I mean, I'll tell you, she seemed like an ordinary person, and uh, uh, you know, she didn't seem to be on a mountaintop or anything. And she's good, mm-hmm. and you know, it was an amazing thing to see. Because Just you're really, spiritual doesn't mean to be when weird. I thought of her as a Reiki healer, I was kind of skeptical because you know, she just didn't seem the type. But she's very good. Well, just because you're spiritual doesn't mean you have to be weird. <laughs> Well, I know. That's true. Well, well, and actually, then before he we... He seems like an ordinary, down-to-earth kind of person, unlike me. <laughs> yeah. Well, or me. But <laughs> before we leave you this evening, uh, Susan, and thank you for a very interesting show, I, w- I wanted to get you on with the uh, the um, Indrid Cold recordings. We've never done that. We d- we're going to have to do that, because that's what the Travel Channel did. And yeah. uh, that's a very important part of the Mothman uh, sightings, and... Uh, 
it just doesn't get covered very much. And there is but a I local. I have those old recordings. Well, that's it. And there maybe, is a local. Maybe we can play them or something. I think that would be great. There is a local okay. connection here in in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, because our our dear friend Joe Ferrier, who uh, had a show on this station for over 50 years was a renowned 1960s UFO expert and publisher of Probe Magazine. He was the first magazine, as far as I'm aware, to report the Indrid Cold events. Right. And uh, he was a good friend of... um, the uh, the family involved there, so right. uh, I think people locally would be very interested in that. Well, Susan, uh, wanna... Woodrow Derenberger was the man's name. Derenberger, yeah, yeah. yeah and Durenberger. we had his daughter on the show one time, as a matter right. of fact. Oh, I think it was a CBS edition. But well, thank you, Susan. It's always wonderful to talk okay. to you and uh, informative. And thank you so much for a great show. And uh, well, we'll be you. talking to you off there. We'll look forward to seeing that picture. Indeed. All right, I'll be send it. I'll send it to you tonight. Great. Thanks okay. very much. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank okay. You. B- best to all our Bye-bye. friends in Parkersburg. I will. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so many thanks to our producer, Ben himself, who, as you may notice, has returned to the show finally since the end of his summer class. Yeah, I know. And, finally. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, he regrets not having to travel back and forth to Boston. No, I don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, next week, July 15th, we'll welcome back our good friend Mac Maloney for a continuation of our discussion of weird areas around the world that are like or even crazier than the renowned Area 51. There was too much. We're going to try and repeat some of the stuff we said on our CBS edition because there was so much weird stuff that happened during that broadcast, as is often the case when we talk about that. Right. So get your questions in now. Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com or use the question form at our show site, BehindTheParanormal.com. And on the CBS edition of the show on Sunday, July 14th in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, slash Windsor, and Seattle, Vancouver, and on Radio.com, we will be back with the great Nick Redfern for a discussion of strange creatures, the classified documents. That's going to be interesting. Indeed it will. So we leave you this evening with a thought from some unknown sage. A careless word may kindle strife, a cruel word may wreck a life, a timely word may level stress, but a loving word may heal and bless. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.